The LA Kings face a must-win game on Saturday against the Edmonton Oilers. We will preview Game 6 with Russell Morgan of Hockey Royalty on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and, of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. It's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60 and use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. The LA Kings get ready for a must-win game at home on Saturday against the Edmonton Oilers. Win, and there's a game seven in Edmonton on Monday. Lose, and the season is over. If you're an everydayer, if you listen and watch the show every day, you know we like to get different voices on the show each week. And with that, to welcome in uh, Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty. He's going to talk about Game 6 with us and uh, the postseason with the LA Kings as well. Hey, Russell, how are you today? I'm doing good, Eddie. Thanks for having me on. Always great to, to have you on as well. Uh, let's just talk about some of the latest news with the Kings today. I know uh, Blake was, uh, um, yes, Blake Lazat. Uh, back at practice for the Kings, apparently uh, not wearing the red non-contact jersey, uh, full participant in practice, so that's encouraging. Uh, as we look ahead towards the lineup for game number six, obviously we saw some shuffling of things as far as the lines go in game five up in Edmonton. Uh, Alex Iafalo got moved up to the top line. Quentin Byfield got shuffled around. Carl Grunstrom was on the third line a bit. Um, with Blake Lazat back, if he is back, which it looks like he might be, um, your thoughts on maybe the lineup we see for game number six. Yeah, Lazat back is going to be a huge upgrade to the bottom six, especially in the faceoff dot, even though he, he was having a little tr uh, trouble in the first couple of games. But um, yeah, with the lineup changes that we saw in game five with uh, Byfield moving to the third line, kind of switching spots with I follow, something that I thought they should have done even before the game. Um, but with Lazat back, I think that only will help which would I expect, I expect Lazat to be centering the third line. So I think that would be huge in terms of helping Velarde get back to the wing where we've seen him be so much better throughout the season and then have Fiala on the other side. I think those three can work really well together and be a, a really good matchup uh, against the Oilers bottom six. So um, yeah, nonetheless, having Lazat back is huge in terms of some of the analytic stats that we've seen throughout the this, this series. He leads the team in, relative expected goals percentage which is on ice versus off ice expected goals so huge improvement to the bottom six and hopefully uh, we see him out there on saturday going to talk a little bit more about some of the analytics which i know you are into uh, a bit later um we did see sean walker inserted on the third pairing with uh with sean dersey alex edler was out of the lineup you think we see edler back in or not for game six no, it's, it's interesting. Um, me and some other the, uh, the hockey Rosie colleagues, uh, Joe Paterino and myself, we were we were talking about this earlier today, and I don't know. I can I can see an argument either way. I mean, Sean Walker, the whole the whole team was bad 
game five. I mean, you can't really paint it prettier than that. But, I mean, Sean Walker, he wasn't too bad, I guess, in terms of played his way out of the lineup um, for game six. But the thing with Edler is, and, and coming back home, is you have that opportunity to make the that last change, give Edler maybe better matchups uh, than he would have in Edmonton. But with some of the comments that McClellan said today, it, he was he, he had really good reviews in, over uh, Walker's game in, in Game Five. So maybe maybe that's something that uh, McClellan sticks with going to Saturday. Jonas Corposalo has started all five games so far. We know he and Phoenix Copley shared the net after the trade deadline acquisition. Uh, Copley did come on relief in game five, played about half the game. Uh, any indication that you have heard as to who might be the game six starter? And and if you had the choice, I said on yesterday's show, I would stick with Corposalo, um, but I can understand an argument for Copley. Um, any, anything you were hearing about that? And, and what would you decide to do with that? Oh, man, yeah, they're... McClellan's always got the, the zipper around his mouth in terms of who's going to be starting in net for the Kings. But um, for me, I mean, I think you just have to roll back out with Corpusalo. I mean, I, I know Copley came in and played pretty well. Um, you can make an argument either way. Uh, but for me, I mean, Corpusalo was really the reason that this, this series is even as close as it is right now. So I think with just the performance, I mean, like I said, the, the entire team was just bad. Uh, game five. So I think if you can get Corpus Allo back and maybe get a little, his confidence back uh, back home, I think that'll help the team, hopefully with game six and then hopefully a game seven as well. Uh, three days off in between games. I, I'm hoping that that will benefit the Kings, maybe give them a bit of a reset. Uh, your thoughts on, on maybe this little bit of an extended break here going into the must-win game six? Yeah, I mean, it's got to help the Kings probably more than the Oilers, I would expect. I mean, like we just talked about, getting Lazat back is going to be huge. Another thing that I was thinking about, too, is I don't believe Fiala's had an actual full practice with the team yet in a, in a full contact jersey. I believe he's had morning skates with the team, but with the travel that's been going on in between games, there hasn't been that opportunity to have those full practices. So with these two extra practices that the team is getting, I mean, you would expect Fiala to maybe get some more power play practice with the team. Um, penalty kill is definitely going to be a big emphasis uh, for this team in, the, in, this, in this extended break, too. So hopefully we see a little bit more aggressiveness in the penalty kill. And with Fiala, is, uh, with Fiala back, you see a little bit more cohesion on the on that first power play unit. Definitely want to get into some of the keys for game number six. I think there a lot of them are pretty obvious. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, is it realistic for Todd McClellan to actually say the words, guys, we cannot take any penalties. We, I mean, the, I don't know. This power play for Edmonton is, it would mean it was great in the regular season. They've taken it even to another level in the playoffs. Uh, and the yeah. easiest way to, to, to not have it be a factor is to not take any penalties, but it's how do you play hard defense against the team? Um, gosh, you just want to say, guys, no matter what, don't take a penalty, but I don't know if that's really realistic. Yeah, I mean penalties are going to be part of the game. You're gonna you're gonna experience being shorthanded a couple times a game. It's just how it happens, um, especially playing against the Oilers and how dominant they've been, kind of been on five on five. But it, it's weird the penalty kill. I just feel like the team is playing the Kings. They're playing like they're just waiting for the Oilers to score on the power play. It, there's they're really showing no aggressiveness. Um, they're playing really cautious, and it's been unfortunate because when you sit back and allow the Oilers to pretty much dictate whatever they want to do on the power on the power play. Yeah, eventually they're going to score. And of course, of course they're like they're the great it's 
one of the most historic power plays of all time. So it is kind of difficult to, for me sitting here to say, hey, let's be some show some aggression in the penalty kill. But I mean, from what we've seen so far, the players what are they seven for twelve on the on the man advantage? That number's got to be brought down. You're not, you're, of course, you're not going to win any playoff series coming in. So I would hope to see a little bit more of that aggressiveness. Maybe you go out and challenge Bouchard on the top of the point, who seems to be playing running that uh, quarterback position on the power play. Maybe you go out and challenge McDavid on the side and, and maybe try to open it up. Because, I mean, the way that they're going right now, if you just sit back and wait for them to score, they're going to score. So something ch- some changes are going to be made, and we'll see what happens when the, uh, Saturday rolls around. Yeah, I was saying, uh, I know in basketball they have a box in one. Maybe <laughs> like a triangle in one on dry side or something. Something insanely. <laughs> try something, I mean, right? it, at this yeah. point, you know, why not try anything? Uh, maybe Tom McClellan says, guys, any ideas? Any, and no, there are no bad ideas, <laughs> right? Uh, right. We've got more with Russell Morgan from Hockey Royalty in a moment. First, I need to let you know that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings, your team every day, brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you need to try it. Built Bar. They are covered in 100% real chocolate and come in unbelievable new flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. Built Bars are protein bars that taste like candy bars. They've got only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein, perfect for your workout or a quick snack during the day. You can always order some at Built.com, or you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. They are in the pharmacy section. In addition to the new flavors, they've got the old favorites, too, like cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. Built Bars, protein bars that taste like candy bars. The LA Kings play the Edmonton Oilers Saturday in a must-win game six. Catch every moment of the LA Kings hometown broadcast on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search LA Kings. we got more with Russell Morgan of Hockey royalty. Uh, so the keys are obviously try and stay out of the box. If you do commit a penalty, then you've got to try and contain uh, that power play that would especially Leon Dreisaitl. That guy is, I mean, I know Connor McDavid is, is going to win the MVP. That's already been set in stone. But Dreisaitl, I don't know if he's opened a lot of eyes. Um, I, I think we all knew he was a great player. The numbers speak for themselves. But I talked about this with, with Jim Fox last week. The combination of size, uh, ability to just fend off defenders with his body and be an elite passer as well as, oh, by the way, he's leading the NHL in playoffs and scoring right now. Uh, he's just a beast to handle, and, and the Kings have had their handful all series. Like I don't know what they do to try and slow him down, but it's it's definitely a tough task. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, he's making a case to show that maybe he's a better all-around player than McDavid. I mean, the argument's there. I mean, with the with leading the playoff points, I mean, I get more afraid when I see Drysaddle on the ice against the Kings than I have 97 this year, which is a lot to say. But um, I think all those intangibles that you mentioned, that speed, that size that he has, the vision that he has on ice, I mean, that's all stuff that we saw from Kopitar when he was younger. And it's funny that, I mean, I learned that they're actually really good friends going back to their uh, time on the Team Europe uh, days during the, the last World Cup of hockey. So. Uh, it's interesting that they have that that kind of friendship dynamic, but you're also seeing that competitive nature come out when those two are matched up against each other on the ice. But I mean, the way that Dry Settle's been playing, I mean, I, there's really it does really looks like there's no way of stopping him at this point. So I don't know what you can do to try to c- control him or limit him his his chances. I know Gavrikov and Roy have I don't know if they've been matched up against him as much as uh, Anderson and Dowdy, but um, 84 and three have had. Uh, much better numbers in terms of the advanced stats. So I wonder if that's something that McClellan would look to uh, for the next two games in the series. I know one of the keys for me too has been uh, the Kings not really putting enough pressure on Stuart Skinner. I think he's been okay, but I certainly don't think the Oilers are winning 
because of him. They're winning with him. Um, he's made a few key saves here and there, but we saw him obviously get pulled uh, in a game as well, just like we saw Corpo Salo did in the last game. Uh, you know, I thought the Kings had some pretty good chances uh, early on in game five, but there were times they missed the net. And I'm just like, you you know, this is not an elite goaltender, guys. We've got to put the puck on net. Uh, I think that's probably a key for game six as well. Getting shots on him early and making him work because he's been a little bit leaky here and there. Yeah, at least shoot for the pads and, and try to hope for a rebound because that's pretty much what we saw happen in the first goal in game four with uh, Kevin Fiala coming back, shooting for the pads and going right to Velarde. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's got to be shot volume at this point. Try Stop to going for those pretty passes, those pretty plays, and, and maybe go get a, lay, a little bit away from the quality and, and try to test, test the Skinner. He's a rookie, <laughs> like, like you said, and he's already been pulled. So I don't know where his confidence level is at right now. But in terms of uh, shot uh, suppression, it's got to be something the Kings have to be looking for. Now, Russell, last time we had you on, um, we talked about analytics. I know it's not my strong suit. I'm trying to learn more about it, but I know it's something that you are really into. I just wonder if there are any stats, any numbers that you can share with us that maybe have told part of the story of this series so far between the Kings and the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, the first, I guess, three games or so, the, the Oilers pretty much controlled play, play and it was pretty it was it was all Corpus Allo that was really keeping the Kings into it. I think he was leading the the NHL in high danger save percentage and high danger shots faced. So he was just getting overwhelmed with with chances against him, but he was standing tall and and made it a two two series even through game games uh, one through four. Game five, it was just tough that the the whole team was playing bad. Uh, the power play was what it was for the Oilers, and Corpusall was eventually chased out. So, but I don't know. I, that's why. That's why when I mentioned to you earlier, Eddie, I think it's something that Corpusall will be back in net for Game Six. Uh, and then there's another thing is the like I talked about with Gavrikov and Roy. I, I have to give it to Gavrikov. He's been he's been playing really well this series. Um, I was a little skeptical coming into it because he he's shown the tendency to not really be, defend his own zone that well. Um, he, he's great at defending the blue line and limiting entries, but he's, he's, he's been playing really well in his defensive zone. And, and that pairing has been the most successful pairing in terms of expected goal percentage or expected goal share for the Kings. So I don't know. We've seen Anderson and Dowdy be the, the tandem that goes up against this new form McDavid and Drysaddle line now that those two are, are paired together. But I wonder if McClellan, now that he has this last change coming back home to game six, I wonder if it's, we see Gavrikov and Roy be that matchup and maybe try to give Anderson and Dowdy a little bit less work. And maybe we see Dowdy kind of take over play a little bit more. And then there's one more one, one more thing too, is uh, with Ayafalo getting moved up to the first line. Um, like I talked about, it was something that I was hoping to see. And it's something that McClellan eventually shifted to in game five. It, it makes a lot of sense because if you're going to co- match up Kopitar against Drysado, who we just talked about, it's been the best player in the NHL in terms of the playoffs. IFL is, is, has the best defensive metrics on the Kings right now in terms of relative expected goals and off-ice goals percentage. So, I mean, if you're going to look for a player that's going to help defend um, Drysaddle, I think uh, making that switch from moving Byfield down to maybe the bottom six and getting IFL up to that, that top line to match up and, and use his defensive tendencies um, that we've known about IFL ever since he's come to the NHL, I think that's a, a good move for McCollin. We saw with the return of Kevin Fiala uh, an immediate impact in his first game back, not so much in uh, in the game up in Edmonton, but as you said, it was uh, pretty much team-wide as far as that goes. Is that third line really the one that stands out as far as uh, you know the, the matchup-wise against Edmonton? 
that needs to stand up that can really be a big asset matchup wise against Edmonton? Yeah, I think that's definitely a good way to look at it. it it's tough because with Fiala, I mean, you you've watched a lot of games too. It, it's you can tell he's not a hundred percent. You you can just see that explosiveness is not there. That those quick turns that we used to see those those sharp passes. It, you can tell something's still bothering him, but yeah, I mean, when you have Fiala, possibly Lazat, and then Velarde back to his wing position, there's really no other line on the Oilers' bottom six that can match up with that with that unit in terms of offensive production. So, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's something that the Kings would have to exploit in terms of matchups. But I also look at the nice line with the Deno, Arvidsson, and Moore. If, like I said, with with McD- if they're going to load up McDavid and Drysaddle on that first unit. Then Deneau, Moore, and Arvidsson are going to have probably a better opportunity to create some more chances themselves as well, going not having to defend uh, McDavid all the time. So I think that's just it's the second and third line. It's going to have to be those two lines that are really going to have to carry the load. And hopefully, Kopitar and Kempe and I follow who, who Kopitar and Kempe have had each, I believe, have seven points on the, on the series to lead the Kings. Um, they've been doing their fair share in terms of offensive production, but I think they're going to have to lean more in terms of the defensive zone and then look for the nice line and, and, and Lazat, uh, Fiala and Velarde to kind of help out offensively too. So we talked about obviously, uh, trying to stay out of the penalty box. Uh, we've talked about, uh, trying to contain dry sidle if that's possible. Mentioned a little bit about the third line goaltending is obviously always a key. Uh, is there anything else? I mean, how, it would be nice if the Kings got more than one power play chance, by the way, which is uh, what happened in in game number five. But any other keys, anything else that you might want to throw out there as far as something to watch for game six for the Kings to get a win? I'm going to call him the captain. I think it's it's Kopitar. I'm, I know he's done well throughout the year. He's kind of – he's rejuvenated, I will say, himself in terms of – I mean, what was the best offensive production year he's had since his, his Norris, or not his Norris, his Hart Trophy season. So, but this is where captains need to lead. And um, we have a, we have our own live show coming out later today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize this a little bit more, but I think it's it's time that uh, in, in these kind of situations where you have uh, possibly elimination just on, on the, on the surface, it's, it's time for captains and leadership to step up. So I'm going to be looking for Anjay to make some noise here, Drew Doughty to make a little bit of noise here and, and help lead this team that might be looking for these, uh, these uh, leadership players, these players that have been to rapport because yeah, with Kopitar and Doughty, I think, I think the last time that they were in, put in this position was uh, game six against the Anaheim Ducks in 2014. They were down 3-2, came back home, 1-2-1, to one, and then we all know what happened in Game 7. So hopefully they can use that experience, help lead this team to uh, another comeback or another uh, comeback uh, series victory uh, going up uh, three or going down 3-2 and then coming back to win in Game 7 in Edmonton. Well, obviously we are hoping for a win in Game 6 and then maybe a Game 7, you know, one game, who knows what could happen. But I will ask you this because I don't know when we're going to talk again. Um, if, if this season does end here in the next couple of games, how will you look back on this season for the LA Kings? Yeah, Eddie, I remember you asked me this question mm-hmm. last time we were around here. What were my expectations? And yeah, I, I think, I think the Kings have done really well this season. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider this a disappointment if they left. Um, I said at the time that a first round exit wouldn't be anything to be disappointed about. Uh, this team came close to a franchise record in points. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of look at the trajectory of this quote-unquote rebuild that they've been in the last few years 
Last year, they more than exceeded expectations. Nobody expected them to go to the playoffs, let alone take the Oilers at that time to seven games. And unfortunately, this year, I think they maybe got the short end of the draw in terms of facing the Oilers in the first round. <laughs> they're, they're coming in as probably the hottest team in the NHL, let alone the Western Conference. So to play that team in the first round, I mean, I've seen people from other media sites. I know Spitting Chicklets, their, their podcast, they've said that the team that wins this series is going to go to the Stanley Cup final. And I, I totally agree with them. These two teams look like the best teams in the Western Conference from everything I've seen. I mean, not to put any disrespect to the to the Golden Knights or the Stars or the Wild or the Jets or whatever, but, I mean, it is what it is. You just kind of watch these teams and the way that they play each other. It's just really outstanding playoff hockey. Like, I, I really wish it had no dog in this fight because these games have just been so exciting, let alone game five. But the first four games, mm-hmm. I mean, back and forth, three overtimes, just – really intense really fun playoff hockey to watch and and you can just tell that these teams that don't really like each other but they play really really good uh quality hockey so it's unfortunate that, that this is the first round matchup that the kings got but it is what it is i mean you're only can able you're only able to play the the opponent that's in front of you and and this is good learning experience and hopefully with you have a a team that's still growing in terms of their trajectory i mean brant clark's not even here yet i mean you have still i mean this is pretty much Quentin Byfield's first full season. And look at, he's, he had, uh, what, 20 plus games under his belt on the first line. So still a young team, quote unquote, but uh, it's a team that's learning. And then hopefully they use this uh, experience to move forward. Well, I'm sure we will talk again at some point in the off season about what the Kings are going to do towards next season, but I hope that's not going to be for quite some time. Uh, We will see you out at crypto.com arena on Saturday uh, thank you for your time. And Kings fans, if you want some more Kings coverage, check out Hockey Royalty uh, and also fo- follow a Morgan, uh, excuse me, Russell Morgan on Twitter. He is at NHL Russell and uh, Hockey Royalty. You can follow on Twitter as well at uh, Hockey underscore Royalty. Russell, always a pleasure. And again, we'll see you out there at Crypto and hopefully we can see a victory. Thanks, Eddie. Have a good thank one. All right, we're always uh, very thankful to have Russell Morgan give us some of his time. Uh, we got more show to tell you about, but first I want to remind you, today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Locked on LA Kings uh, wants to remind you that for a championship team, it is all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. So it is the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. Uh, so the next time you need a part or accessory, head to eBay Motors with eBay's Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part will fit right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop at eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it is easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the great, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The LA Kings will face the Edmonton Oilers Saturday in a must-win Game 6. Catch every moment of the Kings' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search LA Kings. So I'm not sure if uh, anybody else uh, saw this, but uh, there were some rumblings on Twitter about it a few days ago. My wife had mentioned it, but you never know what you see on social media, if it's true or not. But apparently the story is true, unfortunately. Uh, there was a 10-year-old Oilers fan who was allegedly harassed at an L.A. Kings playoff game recently. 
And uh, Evander Kane of the Oilers posted something on Instagram about it, and uh, then the media outlets reported on it. So uh, there was an unfortunate incident uh, at a recent Kings game involving this 10-year-old girl who was wearing an Oilers jersey. Uh, the Kings have said they're investigating the incident um, and certainly don't condone any kind of behavior towards visiting fans uh, that was reported. But uh, since it wasn't reported to security at the time, might be hard to identify the fan in question. Uh, this young Oilers fan is a cancer survivor and has been raising money for other kids fighting cancer. Uh, this story has somewhat of a happy ending with Kings fans donating thousands of dollars to her charity to show her that most Kings fans are good people. Um, her family has posted on social media that they, quote, understand a few people don't represent an entire fan base and they are grateful for all the support, end quote. I've talked about how this Oilers-Kings matchup is turning into a really great rivalry, uh, especially with two consecutive meetings in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but obviously this is the ugly side of a rivalry. Um, I, I cannot imagine anyone harassing a child at a game, there was a report that she was spit on and cursed at. Um, I can promise you, if I saw that, if I saw a Kings fan doing that, uh, I would definitely uh, have something to say to that Kings fan, um, especially if it's involving a child. That is just so out of bounds. Uh, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, I think it goes without saying that, you know, all in all, we have a great fan base. Uh, it is very unfortunate that apparently somebody either got too drunk or just didn't know, just acted incredibly irresponsibly. Um, I am glad to see that a lot of, of the real Kings fans have turned this situation into somewhat of a positive. Um, I know I've been visiting stadiums all my life, uh, watching my teams play, and I, I do wear my jerseys on the road. I, I represent my teams, um, and I think we have a right to do that as fans when we go into someone else's stadium or arena you know you pay for your ticket and you have a right to wear whatever jersey you want you have a right to cheer on your team obviously it does go both ways uh, i think i've always felt like i'm if i'm in someone else's house so to speak that i will cheer for my team but i'm not going to act like an idiot i'm not going to trash talk i'm not going to do anything that is uh irresponsible so it does go both ways but um you know, I know 99% of you watching this uh, know the right way to act uh, and not, this is obviously not life or death. We are passionate Kings fans. That's why I'm doing this show. That's why you're watching this show. But at the end of the day, you know, we're all hockey fans. We all deserve to be treated the right way. Uh, let's hope that there are no other incidences going forward in game six. As a matter of fact, if you do go out there to crypto.com arena for game six, I would encourage you to actually do something crazy and, and welcome an Oilers fan if you see him and, and just let them know that, you know, this is supposed to be fun. And yeah, we're on different sides of the fence on this, but like I said, we're all hockey fans. We're all here to have a good time. Uh, and, and, you know, welcome them. Don't, you know, tell them, uh, you know, maybe in a joking way, hope you don't see a win tonight. But uh, like I said, this was a very unfortunate incident. It doesn't paint our fan base in a great light. But like I said, I'm really glad that her family did take time to mention on social media that they understand that our fan base is not represented by this one or two uh, idiots at the game. So um, I did want to mention, like I said, this young girl is a cancer survivor and she has uh, uh, you know, been raising money for fellow children and other people who are affected by cancer. Uh, I believe, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, I believe her name is uh, Cicely Eklund. 
Um, she's absolutely adorable. Um, and I, uh, if you want to make a donation, again, let's try and turn this negative into a positive. If you would like to make a donation, uh, I did retweet on our Twitter account at Locked on LA Kings the statement from her family about the incident, and uh, it does include a link to make a donation. So if you'd like to do so, I encourage you to check out that link. You could also do a very quick, easy Google search on this, and you'll be able to find uh, the site where you can make a donation as well. So very unfortunate. Um, I'm, I'm very sad to see that it, it wasn't just some internet rumor. It was actually something that did happen. But like I said, glad to see that uh, for the most part, uh, the Kings fan base did try and turn the bad situation into a positive, but um, I think it goes without saying. Um, you know, it is a rivalry. It is intense. We're passionate about our teams, but in the end, uh, we should be able to treat each other with with respect. And certainly, like I said, a child, that's that's just deplorable. Uh, for you everydayers, those of you that watch and listen Locked on LA Kings every day, coming up on Friday's show, speaking of Kings fans, it is a Fan Feedback Friday. It is your chance to Give your comments on game six, on the playoffs, on who the Kings should start in net, what the Kings should do to try and get a big big game six win, force a game seven, whatever is on your mind uh, regarding the LA Kings, you have a chance to let your voice be heard. You can send an email to lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. Of course, you can always leave comments on the YouTube episodes as well. And if you want to stay interactive with the show uh, at all times, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. We are at locked on la kings all right uh we have that big fan feedback show coming up on friday looking forward to that and then of course game six on saturday we want to no handshakes no handshakes at crypto.com arena we want to at least force this this thing to go to a game seven as well uh we will be talking about it on monday's show but again fan feedback uh coming up on friday get those emails in get those comments in looking forward to hear what you have to say about the la kings i'm eddie garcia thank you for listening and watching locked on la kings part of locked on podcast network your team every day. Have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.